mom. It's time for your business, family, and self-care to all finally balance. I'm Deanna Mason, creator of Refresh Moms, and I'm now accepting applications for round two of my Balance Life Business Mastermind for Moms. Listen, if you're ready to scale your business at a pace that matches and aligns with your current momming season, have a tribe of moms to confide in and lean on while you grow your business this year, know how to manage your family, business, and self-care without feelings of overwhelm, create your dream schedule and calendar, and actually live it out. Start prioritizing business activities that result in growth and revenue generation so that you can make the money you desire within the time you have to make it. If any of that resonates, then this mastermind experience was created exactly for you. In our nine months working closely together, you'll receive a nine-month business and productivity mastermind program, mentorship teaching sessions from other successful business moms and entrepreneurs that want to see you succeed and shine, monthly office hours coaching sessions with me so you can ask targeted questions about your unique business, co-working opportunities with your fellow mompreneurs to knock out focus work, your very own self-care manager to meet with every single month, and mindset sessions to help you grow and create the thinking needed so you can step into your greatness and surrender to your unique process and journey. It is not impossible for you to balance it all. I'm telling you, you can make the money you desire within the time you have in the Balanced Life Business Mastermind for Moms is committed to support you as you do it. You can complete an application by going to my website at refreshmoms.com. All applications are due by Friday, August 30th. Summer. <laughs> it's summer. We're in. I love, I love summer. I do too. I don't love it here necessarily because of the heat. You know, I'm in Atlanta. Well, you're, you, you know, you're in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yeah. It gets hot. I don't necessarily have an ocean to walk to when I'm feeling extra toasty, as you do. But I, um, I do have shaded areas in my yard and in my car, on my carport where I like to hang out. But that's neither here nor there. Summer, I love it. I love it because of the change in rhythm. Mm-hmm. And... My children embrace it. Everyone just slows the heck down and it just feels really good. And I have noticed, however, that my business vibe has also changed. And I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's related to this summer or if it's related to me and if this is a permanent vibe. And I am very, very open to this being a permanent vibe because I like it. And it's more expansive and spacious in my soul. And um, I would like to stay here, if at all possible, or at least try to protect it. But um, I kind of, I think I want to credit this change to the work that I've done with my, um, my mastermind, not the balanced life mastermind that I host, but my coach and the mastermind that I attended over the past nine months. I noticed that I did not, I, the way I entered into the mastermind is completely different to the way I'm exiting the mastermind. And as of this recording, I'll be exiting in two weeks. So I entered into it with like a list of all the things that I wanted to get done in nine months. 
So it was a lot of, okay, I want to create this and I want to create some passive income over here and, you know, just all the things. And I'm like, and you, my all knowing coach, you're going to show me how to do this. You know, that's, (laughs) that's how I entered it. And that's exactly not what happened. What happened was so much better. Mm. um, Because and this is my personal revelation. These are not necessarily things that were taught, but just working with the community of women and working with a coach who is very um, aligned with the way I like to do business. So she was perfect for me, but I just realized all these things are not, they're not even necessary for me and my business. I realized that I just really want to do deep work with, a set group of women, which means I don't need to do a whole lot of marketing and selling because I only have a select amount of spots to do the type of work that I want to do. And that has really allowed me to breathe because I really am only going to sell once a year you know, my mastermind is my, brings in 80% of my income. I'm going to, I sell it once a year. And then I sit back and serve women for nine months. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that feels good. It just feels good to not always be on the sales side, always be on the promotion side. And once I seat these ladies, then I get to sit back and just do fun things. I get to do other things in my creative space, things that you and I want to create just for the fun of it. And it has nothing to do with meeting a specific revenue goal. And I'm like, man, that feels absolutely amazing. But I do have to pat myself on the back (laughs) because I was able to identify the way that I like to serve and I was able to figure out how to make that thing monetize in a way that pays me what I want so that I can sit back and relax. So that's why my summer is feeling quite slow and expansive because only thing I'm doing is working with my coaching clients and I'm revving up at the time that you guys hear this, I should be right in the middle of my, um, promoting of the Balanced Life Mastermind for business moms. And you're probably going to hear some type of commercial in this podcast. (laughs) Some type of promotion is probably going to be inserted in here because I am taking applications right now to fill those seats. There's only 20 seats. Those seats are going. So if, um, if that's you, if you happen to be an entrepreneur mom with kids in the home and you're looking to build a business over the next nine months in a very integrated and life-giving way with another with a group of moms just like you go ahead and fill out the application and let's chat to see if this is a good fit for you and me as we um build business over the next year but anyway that's kind of where i am i I know that's probably not what we thought we were going to talk about when we we started this (laughs) but anyway it's i'm just realizing how i don't or we don't have to do all the things, which there was an element that I already knew this, but even um, cutting that down even further, there's so many things in my business that I don't necessarily have to do in order to get where I want to get. And that feels really good. Amen. 
I mean, I'm in a different place, but having the same sort of realizations and just a couple of days ago when you and I were meeting to prepare for this episode, I was like, why am I spending more time preparing social media posts than I am writing my books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems so simple and stupid, <laughs> but we get, you know, we get inundated in the trends and the what other people are doing and how am I going to sell this? And especially for those of us who are creatives, it can really steal from what we're trying to make. So I'm, I'm, I'm paring back and mm-hmm. honing in on some things. And that is spilled over into our family life as well. We are, we're going to have to put some legalistic parameters around yeah. around the use of devices Mm. it's just it's out of control and um you know we all know this so many of us have this problem but the other night rad and i went out to dinner and we passed a family of four sitting in a booth and the two parents and one of the kids was on a phone and it's one thing to be in it to be the family because we were that family earlier in the week but it's another thing to look at a family and be like that's sad it's Mm -hmm. sad so we're gonna we're gonna have to get really really intentional around it, um, and not just for the kids, but for the adults too. Mm-hmm. It's too much. So let's just be in the moment. Let's talk to each other. Yeah, it's and summer. So let's fess up. We've created those habits for our family, and absolutely. So we got to be responsible for turning the tide. Me too. My hand is raised. Think of the little black woman emoji with her hand raised. That's me right now. <laughs> but. When I was in Chicago and we were sitting down at my nephew's graduation dinner, my two kids who haven't seen their family in a year are in their, in their um, tech. And I'm like, put the screens away and talk to your aunts, talk to your cousins. Because we don't, let's not take this time with them for granted. And they put them away and they did it. It wasn't a fight or anything, but still the habit, you know, and, and I'm guilty too. My, my Kindle especially tells me to put my phone away. You know, who are you texting? Who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, you, I'm going to send this one message. I'm going to put away Kindle. You know, I, I'm guilty too. But yeah, I'm all aboard. I'm all about it. Um, in summers, those things are probably a lot more... Um, illuminate it because we're spending more time in each other's space. And so we actually see we're really spending a lot of time on screens. So I get it. My son right now, we've been home for the, for this is day four since we've been home after being gone. I've been gone for three weeks, but my children have been gone for two. They came with me to Chicago and my son has been on the Xbox literally from the time he gets up to the time he goes to bed for this is day four. Oh gosh! <laughs> and I'm going to have to pull the plug. But I've been so tired, I haven't cared. Yeah, there's, there are times and places for things, and we get that. Like, for example, don't put your phone away right now. Wait until after this episode. Yeah, <laughs> listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's a time. Yes, and we'll, we'll circle back to this. And, and the and time is not when know. you're listening to us. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> What are we even talking about anymore? We're 
we were talking about summer and the, the last thing I'm going to say, cause I'm looking at this post-it note that says order grocery. It actually says order grocery. I didn't even write it the right way. <laughs> I've apparently given up cooking for summer. So yeah. not only smart devices, but cooking and dinner around here has just been a joke. It's been like whatever you can find yogurt, cereal, frozen pizza, Last night I had a cheese sandwich, <laughs> like, and not a grilled cheese sandwich, just a cheese sandwich on like yucky plain white bread. That's so nasty. I made <laughs> that doesn't even sound appetizing. It had lettuce and tomato. Did I see? Was it you? Maybe it wasn't you. That had a hot dog bun with a cheese stick in it. That wasn't you, was it? That was not me. But yeah, somebody. It's <laughs> like, a far stretch. Somebody posted on Facebook, like this is lunch. And it was a hot dog <laughs> bun with a cheese, <laughs> you know, the, the shredded, the, the cheese stick that you pull. You pull the cheese. It was a mozzarella cheese stick in the center. And they were like, here's lunch. <laughs> I was like, we have lost our minds. It is summer. We are tired. This we're is the done. best we can do. We probably need to do a banter. We should make a note of this, like one of our um, openings. Let's just, let's just go down 10 simple ways to not cook for the summer <laughs> i think we can really do it <laughs> but let them be for real like okay these are healthy ways we know we can frozen oh pizza this sucker all summer if we wanted to but we're not gonna do it we got 10 i'm gonna let's crowdsource that if you guys are not cooking over the summer and you hear this send us the how you're doing it <laughs> and i bet a Costco chicken that has something to do with it. All right. Shout out Nikki Snyder. Shout out Nikki. <laughs> Rob, we're ready. Drop the intro. Hey everyone. Welcome to the Refreshed Life Podcast. I'm Deanna Mason, creator of Refreshed Moms, where I help mompreneurs find the time they need in order to make the money they desire. And I'm Kelly Capriati Burton, a writer and encourager finding the humor, grace, and happily ever afters in complicated relationships. We've come together and created this space to empower moms and women to be healthy, strong, emotionally well, and successful in their businesses and their families. Oh, that sounds good to me. Grab your favorite coffee mug. We definitely have ours and hang with us. We can promise you diverse perspectives, positive outlooks, and likely a few fun rabbit holes along the way. Here we go, guys. So, Deanna, let's talk about books because mm -hmm. it is summer and maybe we have time to read. I'm always reading. And I think we have a lot of listeners that are readers because people seem to really like it when I talk about what I'm reading on my socials. They get bookmarked a lot. Like if I post a book um, with a cup of coffee or something, people bookmark it so they can circle back to the book that I referenced. So I think we have a, quite a bit of listeners that are readers too. And I know you're a reader. So summertime should lend itself to more opportunities, but I I read all year round. No season is more than the other because I just love to read. And um, I think it'd be a good episode to just talk about the books that have blessed us or books that we've enjoyed. You guys, this is a great time to take out a pen and paper. Or if you're like me, get your Amazon app up. 
<laughs> or your library app or your library. Okay, or your library. Yeah, that, people keep telling me that. Just check them out of the library. My problem is, first of all, I'm old school. And I read and I read, I have to read with a book in hand. I shouldn't say have to. My preference is to read with a paper or, you know, a book in hand, a tangible book, as opposed to my Kindle or, you know, on my phone or my iPad. I prefer to read because I'm a, I'm a highlighter. Mm -hmm. I'm a take notes in the um, margin type of person. You can't um, do that in a library book. And you can't do that in a library book. But there are certain books that I feel like this is going to be a quick read. This is like a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I just need to read it, take notes in my journal, and return it to the library. So there are types, there are books like that. And then there are books that are audio that I'm like, this is just something I want to listen to. Like the, um, one of the authors that I'm going to talk about, she has a book on, um, on, it's not on weight loss, but it's about, you know, basically loving your body. And I was like, that's something I want in my ears. That's not something I necessarily want to read. It's something I want to be able to just play because these are mindsets that I'm trying to shift. And so I thought it'd be great to just listen to her read it to me. So there's different reasons why I would shift to a library book or an audio book. Very rarely am I reading it on a device. That's just not I don't like that for some reason. Um, I'll do it if I have to, if I'm sitting at a doctor's office and I need to pull up a Kindle book real quick. But I like to read with a book in hand. It's never going to go out of style for me, probably. It's never going to, I'm never going to replace it. It's comforting. And maybe it's just my age. I don't know. But I do think even younger, my daughter, you know, my children love reading with books in hand. So, and maybe that's because they have a mom that does it, but I don't know. I don't think it'll ever go away. No books. I love, I love physical books. And Miranda, my, my 12 year old who reads like four books to my one right now, at least she's always reading. She refuses to use an e-reader. I mean, she has a Kindle, but she doesn't use it for reading. And uh, the school year, she always had like five or six novels in her backpack. I'm yeah. like, chick, she won't, she won't do it. I do use mine probably for 80% of my reading. And mostly it's because, um, I got addicted to it when I had a newborn and I was nursing and you can read a Kindle book with one hand yeah. very easily and you do just get used to it. And I'll tell you, one of the things I love most about it is being able to highlight a mm -hmm. word and get its definition. I'm so spoiled by that because I love building my vocabulary, <laughs> um, but That's I love cool physical feature. book. It is a very cool feature and I don't... Um, I have a so Kindle use Fire. A Kindle. Use a Kindle. I use a Kindle. It's a Kindle Fire. So when I travel, I can use it like for Netflix and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. But I have, and I've had it, I don't know, four or five years. I don't have any social media loaded on it or yeah. email or anything. Like I have made that a very clear boundary for myself so that when I'm reading, I'm reading and mm -hmm. not distracted by things. I use, well, I used to use my iPad until... <laughs> we went to the mountains last year and I dropped it and broke it. Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Did you break it at the mountains? It was tragic. Why don't I remember that? That's a big deal. I don't know. I, maybe I suppressed it. I dropped it while we were packing to leave and it shattered the screen. Now it still works, but the whole screen is shattered and it just, yeah. 
it just does something to me emotionally when I have to look at the shattered screen. <laughs> well, and it's an older iPad and it's like, I don't, I'll just buy a new one. I won't get it fixed because it, but my point of bringing it up is I did not use it for anything besides apps that I wanted to use on that iPad. I did not use it for social media, for email, for any of that. It was just reading or any other apps that I want, you know, I wanted to use on that particular device, Netflix, but I don't have it anymore. That's what I used to take with me, like to watch Netflix when I travel, you Mm -hmm. know, I would just take my iPad and it's wide. Okay. I do have it. It still works. It just has a horrible looking screen now. It's like, it's, it started out with just a few cracks and then it spider webbed all over. Mm. Do you know how that works? Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know how we got on this, but anyway. Well, I will shout out to you and they don't pay me, but they should. The Kindle Fire is a great and less expensive alternative Mm -hmm. if you're just using it for those things. Yeah. And yeah. I can take it out of its cover and slip it like in my small purse yeah. that I carry. So yeah, I, I love it. That's probably what because I'm not a iPad user. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking about right now, but Kindle has a Kindle, <laughs> and I like the size of it. And um, I'm like, if I get one. And all of my stuff is on hers because the account is under my name. So like all my books are on her Kindle. I just don't, I don't um, grab it from her to use it like that. But yeah, I think I'd go with the fire because all I really want it for is a bigger screen to read. So let's talk about books. That was quite, that was quite the, quite the conversation on how we even read these dang books. Yeah. I'd like to hear how you guys get down. If you're an audiobook person, I'd like to hear if you have a specific reason why you use audiobooks. I want to hear it. Just social us, email us. Let me know. You're going to start. We each have a stack of books right here. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. I have a stack of books right here. Kelly may just have her from memory. But I have a stack of books because I wanted to reference things in them. So we're just going to share a few of our favorites, our recent favorites, Mm -hmm. okay? And um, we're going to make sure we list them all in the show notes in case you can't write these down right now. But something I do do um, because I'm always, always, always finding books that I want to order and finding books that I want to read. And so I, I started a little, it's not a little anymore, but I started a list on my phone in my notes that's just called books. And every time a book pops up, especially like if I'm, you know, you know, listening to a podcast and somebody references a book and I got my earbuds in and I'm running or something, I just stop right there and type it on my list because I'm going to forget where I heard it. I'm going to forget which podcast I heard the reference. I want to capture it right then and there real time because I don't want to lose that inspiration. And if there, it's a great thing to give people when people are like wanting to give you gifts, I shoot them um, a copy of my book list and I'll say anything on here. Nice works. So that's just something that I do. And people do buy me my books. I'm telling you. <laughs> awesome sometimes you'll be somewhere like if you're working with a coach or in a a setting where people are wanting to give away stuff you're able to reference exactly what you want i've done this too i got a signed copy of um kate northrup's do less a couple weeks ago 
and it was on my list. I'm just saying. Sweet. All right. Let's go. Well, Deanna, part of the reason that we are here in under the umbrella of refreshed life is because of one book that you had talked about referentially for at least a year before we really got into it. And it's been a little over a year since I read it. I actually just saw that my my website domains are up for renewal, which means I've had them almost a year. And mm. that is important because my reading this book launched a whole new avenue of life and career and goals. And again, this podcast, and that is the Emotionally Healthy Woman by Jerry Scazzaro. Yeah. And it is, oh my gosh, I cannot talk about I might get emotional, how important this book has been to my life, how many people I've given it to mm-hmm. at this point or said, you must read this. And the whole, um, the whole premise of this book, Jerry is a lifelong pastor's wife in New York, and she felt put upon, if I were going to put it in very simplistic terms. She was burned out. She was raising her daughters basically without the help and support of her husband because he was putting everything into their church. And so basically she kind of had that moment of, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. I can't thrive here. I can't breathe here. I can't exist here. And she quit going to his church, which that's how you framed it for me when I finally was like, I need to read this because (laughs) that's an intriguing story. But this book is not really that story. No, it's not. A lot of the personal details. It was really the catalyst for the book. If if I were to put it in any category, the book is not about how she left her husband's church. No. That action of leaving her husband's church was like, I'm done and this is my journey to come back to myself is basically what that, that one act, I want to say was an act of of obedience. uh, Honestly, that act of surrender and obedience and trust Mm -hmm. in the journey was why is how this book got written. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would like to read that story if she ever writes it because I can only imagine what turmoil that caused in her Mm. household. Well, she gets, she does talk about it a little bit, but anyway, Jerry takes us through eight things we can quit in order to vastly improve our emotional health as women. And we are going to offer you all a download that lists these things so you can reference them easily. We're not going to get into all eight things here. But Deanna and I were just talking about one of them that for both of us was just like, holy cow. And Mm -hmm. that was quit over-functioning. I'm just going to let that sit there. (laughs) Quit over-functioning. And it's it's the, the sixth quit in the book. And it changed my perspective at work and in home, how much I am constantly trying to fix things, fill in gaps, do things the right way because someone else won't quite get it there, make things easier for people, help people not to be stressed out. If I can help it, I should. That was kind of the banner that I was operating under in all of these areas. And 
I realized through reading this book that I was doing a disservice, not only to myself, but to my boss, my coworkers, and my children as well. Mm-hmm. And Deanna has kind of <laughs> framed it in a different way in her way of speaking. She says, let them be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> when we overfunction, we are not letting other people be great. Let them grow. Let them figure things out. Let people fail because they're going to learn they have to learn. We're not always going to be there to pick up Mm -hmm. what they're putting down or not picking up in the first place. Yeah. Our over-functioning equals somebody else's Mm under-functioning. That's just basically how that goes. And we do, we do do a disservice to our family and even coworkers, friends, you know, whatever bucket you need to apply this to when we are over-functioning and not allowing them to take on the part of the relationship or the part of responsibilities that belongs to them. So anyway, that book is kind of like the refreshed life Bible. I'm not even playing. It's this is really, we wouldn't exist without the book. Refreshed moms would not exist without this book. This is the book that was the catalyst to my coming to the other side of my burnout. I really had a four-year period of self-care in between businesses. And this was the book that as I was finishing up, the, I was, the flames of entrepreneurship were being fanned inside me. And I saw that, wow, I can do this without becoming crazy and overwhelmed and burnout. There is a way to live without the burnout and that book was like the discovery period of I'm going to try this again. I'm going to do this again. So it's really an honorable mention. It really technically is not even on our list, but we can't talk about books without bringing up that book. Okay. Emotionally healthy woman. If you followed us for any period of time over the past year ish, you know that that's one of our main things. And especially when we were doing the Facebook live show, we we referenced that book often constantly giving copies away (laughs) anyway we love it it should be in all of your libraries you'll love it too read it give it away to somebody else that needs it all right i'm going to talk about a book that i'm currently consuming right now i'm not quite finished with it i'm almost there but it is life-changing it is amazing i heard this woman on super soul sunday her name is marion williamson and uh, super soul conversations. Let's not act like I'm watching it on TV. I listen to the podcast, super soul conversations with Oprah. And she's kind of a um, frequent flyer with Oprah in her spiritual talks, but she's, this book is absolutely wonderful. It's called the law of divine compensation. So if you are a business entrepreneur, mom, this is definitely a book that I'm going to recommend you have in your toolbox and in your library. This is part of the reason why I'm feeling a lot more expansive and calm in my business because of the concepts that she's talking about in this book. Um, I, I'm going to read a, a passage that kind of um, stood out to me. This is in the preface, just to give you a little bit of idea of what this book is talking about. So it says, from a metaphysical perspective, every experience begins with a thought. And our experience changes when we change 
the thought, if we have a problem in any area, whether relationships, health, money, or anything else, the first place to look for a solution is in the nature of our thinking. This applies to money no more and no less than applies to anything else. This book is a guide to spiritual principles that pave the way to material abundance. These principles are based on my understanding of A Course in Miracles, which is um, a course she references often in this book. Theory alone does not change our lives, but theory activated by mental shifts and behavioral follow-up becomes nothing short of miraculous help, even in the most troubled times. Anyway, so that's kind of letting you know what this book is about. I'm telling you, if you um, are in your, if you're running your own business and you have some mindset things happening around income and revenue and hitting income goals, this book is going to set you free. It doesn't mean you're not going to make your income goals. This book is actually going to make room for you to journey to those goals in a lot more peaceful way. Okay. The divine, I'm sorry, the law of divine compensation on work, money, and miracles by Marianne Williamson. Okay. And she's an author, the author of a return to love, which is a New York times bestseller. That's another one that I plan on getting, but anyway, that's my book rec. Number one, batting it over to you. Awesome. Well, I'm going to start with the most fun book on my list and it is written by, and I don't know if you know this, but one of my mompreneur role models or heroes, and I don't aspire to be just like her because I think she's hit a tier that is fairy tale level, but I love how she has kept her message consistent. And that is Reed Drummond, the pioneer woman. <laughs> um, and just to give a fun little anecdote, I was in the mall with my son probably about a year ago. So he was three years old and we were at this little like bouncy house playroom thing where you go on a rainy day and you pay like $8 to let him play and try to eat snacks the whole time. And across the mall in like the planet fitness that's there, he's going, mommy, you're on TV. I see you on TV. (laughs) (laughs) It was an episode of the pioneer woman on the food network. So, um, Sometimes I have red hair. She always has red hair. But Mm -hmm. anyway, my toddler identified me with her because it is mommy's show that I try to watch on Saturday mornings. I love her recipes. You know, I'm a foodie. I love to cook. I love to eat. That's neither here nor there. But long before she was a TV show or I watched her TV show, Reed Drummond had a blog in 2006 And it was just so funny and sassy. It had beautiful pictures of food and these great anecdotes about recipes. And fast forward 13 years and she is, you know, not only a TV show, but a line of cookbooks, a magazine, a Walmart line, and most notably to me, a Barbie doll. (laughs) Anyway, it comes with a really cool kitchen. I mean, that's the thing. But what I, I love is that her message and her brand has stayed consistent. It's family, home, and food. That's, it's very simple. It's something that many of us as women focus on. And so 
she has a book that is a memoir. She published it in 2011, and it's called Black Heels and Tractor Wheels. And I read it at the beginning of this year, and honestly, I was delighted by it. I don't know if there's a better word. It was one of the sweetest. It, it was the origin story of Ree and her husband, Lad. And you would listen to her on TV and think she's always been this way. She grew up in Oklahoma. She's a country girl. You know, this is the life she was meant to live. Mm -hmm. And it's not. She went to college in California and, and was planning to move to Chicago to just live her life when she met Lad, this very much a cowboy who had no interest in city life or the, the things that she was interested in, but they fell hard in love. And the book is such a sweet romance. It's surprising. It's funny. When Ree was planning her wedding to Lad, her parents were getting divorced. So mm. it was one of those situations where all the kids are grown and they decided we can't do this anymore. So it really is just an engaging story a true story and it's interesting as a not excuse me it's interesting as an entrepreneur to see where she was before you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying like you can look at someone and just see this is who she was then and look how far she's come but those seeds were always there the things that you love that come out in your work and your creativity you know they're they're being sown your whole life. So it's not a life-changing book. It doesn't talk about building her business. It basically talks about building her life. Mm -hmm. So I recommend it. Black Heels and Tractor Wheels by Ree Drummond. Awesome. And just a little rabbit trail mindset here, mindset tip. That's, I think that's a really good thing to pull out is how her life just seems so normal. So for those of us that have aspirations, to have a certain level of um, achievement or accomplishment. I don't really know how to, how to, how to say it, but everybody is just a person. Everybody is just, she's just a woman. She really is. And it may seem that she's at this fairy tale level of success, but honestly, she's just a lady. She's just a woman and everybody in them, no matter where you, you know, what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do, we all have it in us to, to get there. And without any comparison or any, oh, I want to be who she is. No, you're going to be who you are <laughs> and yes. you're going to journey to wherever that path, your natural, unique path, your life story, your experiences, all of those mess together are going to take you to where you're supposed to be. So this little mindset shift there. All right. My next book, since we were talking about her story, I'm going to talk about a great business book. I love this book so much so that I may track them down to um, pick up a certification, which I've never really desired to do. As you know me, I, I don't really go after certifications and things, but I love this approach so much that I'm like, I want to go get trained and get a certification in this so I can put this in my toolbox for my clients. But the book is called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, who once again, um, this is the number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, and he's a New York Times bestselling author as well. Building a story brand, clarify your message so customers will listen. 
Use the seven elements of great storytelling to grow your business. So I love this approach because what he basically does in this book or what his team basically does is teaches you how to get really, really clear on your message. Like you mentioned with <coughs> Ree, that she's just, what did you say her three things were? Family, home, and food. Yes. He helps us get that clear. And then all of our messaging, and this sounds simple, but I'm just saying that get the book so you can see how he breaks this down and how he takes you on this journey on getting clear on getting really clear on what your core messaging is getting really clear on what, like if you have mountains that you're standing on, like, like for me, empowering women that have children at home to not lose their ability to create wealth and to um, lose um, income earning capabilities. I don't think that you have to choose you're, you know, staying home with your children and have to put your ability to create income on hold. I don't believe that. Not everybody wants to do that, but that's been our thing. We have to step away from work, raise the kids while our spouses many times are growing in their careers and they're growing in their income ability. They're being promoted. And by the time we insert ourselves back into career mold, we feel a little bit behind, right? I don't believe that's necessary if you don't want that to be necessary. And that's kind of like a mountain that I put myself on. Yes, you can if you want it. If you want to make money, if you want to continue to grow in your career, if you want to stay home with your kids, you can have it all. You just can't do it all, but there's a way to do it, right? That's my message. I help moms make the money they want in the time they have. That's what I do. And I some of that clarity came from me journeying through this book and just chipping away at what am I really trying to do? What am I really trying to say? How do I really want to serve? What's like the thing that if this is all that I do, I'd be completely satisfied, right? Mm -hmm. That's what this book um, helps you do. Anyway, he has tons of resources outside of this book. This book is like the entry point to all that they offer with StoryBrand. He also has a podcast. Um, just look up Donald Miller and StoryBrand. You'll find him. He has great content on the podcast, but I do recommend this book. With the purchase of this book, he also gives you a an online um worksheet it's not I guess I'm gonna call it a worksheet that you fill in as you're clarifying your message so by the time you finish the book you're gonna have your clarity right there in front of you and you can shift it and change it or you can apply it to a product or service or a new um offer you can go through the same steps and get that clarity I love it once again I I, I love it so much that I'm pretty sure I'm going to pursue getting a story brand certification so that I can be a story brand teacher um, to my clients. But other than that, I'm done. Donald Miller, building a story brand, clarify your message. So customers will listen, have it in your library, boss moms. I'm hitting it over to Kelly. I just wrote that one down because that mm -hmm. sounds right on my target because mm -hmm. You know, Deanna focuses on business and I focus on stories. So that sounds like a great marriage of the two. Yeah. But on that note, one of my um, favorite nonfiction books that I have read this year is by my favorite fiction writer. 
And that's Jennifer Weiner. She's Philadelphia-based and uh, has written bestseller after bestseller in the women's fiction arena. But she wrote a memoir. It was published in 2016, but I just read it at the beginning of this year called Hungry Heart. And Jennifer's brand has become, it morphs a little bit. It's definitely a feminist story that she tells, but she often focuses on characters who have a struggle with their weight. Mm -hmm. And this comes from her real life experience. So I, um, you know, I've had a little bit of interaction with her online before, you know, now she's gotten like so famous <laughs> really that she's, but she does occasionally like my Instagram comments. Okay. Um, she's just, she's a very interesting personality to me. She's very politically involved and we're probably on different areas of the political spectrum, but I love her heart and her message to women and she's raising two daughters and the body positivity as we're calling it now, it comes through in all of her works of fiction. She has a very interesting family life and background that she's woven into her fiction writing. And then at one point, she, when she did write back to me, she had referenced a miscarriage mm. and um, let me know that it was going to be part of her upcoming memoir, her miscarriage story. So that was the reason I was like, I, I need to read this. Anyhow, Jen takes you through, it's called subtitled Adventures in Life, Love and Writing. And she talks about growing up in a Jewish family, being overweight, not being traditionally girly. Sometimes she was very um, into books. She was very into swimming. She didn't look like the other girls. Her parents got divorced when she was a teenager and it was a very ugly situation with her dad. And then not long after that, her mom came out as a lesbian and that was something for the family to navigate as well. And then Jen herself gets married, has two babies, gets divorced. I mean, I don't want to give her whole story away, but then the miscarriage happens later on. And for me as a writer, it was so interesting to connect with her this way and see how these little bits of life, well, these major stories in her life become these little bits in her novels. And she's probably got about 12 novels out there and I've read them all. And they they grapple with these nuggets in her life. And it, there's truly something for everyone to take away um, feeling marginalized by a, a background, you know, being Jewish, feeling left out because of the overweight and not, not fitting in with other people, not looking like other people. It's just... Um, as, as a writer, it's really interesting to see how she turns that all into inspiring stories. So mm -hmm. I would recommend that to people who, you know, are writers, or if you're just interested in reading the behind the scenes of people who have become celebrities or heroes or role models or whatever to you, I love, I love hearing people's personal stories. That's why I want to hear more of Jerry's. <laughs> mm. Tell me the story behind Emotionally Healthy Women, because I just think it's so important to see how people get to where they are. And so mm -hmm. Hun Hungry Heart by Jennifer Weiner takes us on that journey. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right. My next up, I read this last 
year sometime. Um, but during my first year of Refresh Moms, my first year of business, I picked this up. Me and my family did a little trip to Barnes and Noble <laughs> to get a coffee and to just look on the shelves and to see what we can see. This book ended up coming home with me. <laughs> this is called The Seven Laws of Enough. Cultivating. Say that. (laughs) (laughs) The seven laws of enough cultivating a life of sustainable abundance. Is this on your list? No, but I remember when you found it. Okay. About it, you were so excited. Yes. First of all, the title drew me in because one of the things that I was figuring out in my first year of business, which is another piece of my puzzle, my piece puzzle, with how I do business and. Um, my goals for my business, I had to get clear on what was enough revenue, what was enough income. Because what I didn't want to continuously do is be striving for more and more in in just more and more accumulation without understanding why I was accumulating, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I had to figure out what the number was, what was I working towards? What was I journeying towards? And why was that enough? And once I got to enough, then it just becomes about sustainability and creativity and fun and just serving in the ways that I just want to serve, you know, without feeling like, oh, this has to make this amount of money in order for us to do it. No. As long as, you know, now I get to go to, as long as something pays for itself, I can do it just for fun, right? Um, Or any extra income that comes on top of my enough, that's just icing on the cake, right? Because I just, I don't believe that my business will stop growing just because I've I've come to a level of enough. What I do believe is I'm not going to continue to strive for more, but let it organically grow into more. That's kind of the space that I want to be in. But anyway, this, the title of this drew me because I was like, I want to know the seven laws of enough. I want to live in enough. (laughs) And then the subtitle, cultivating a life of sustainable abundance. Mm. Man, that, oh my gosh, I loved it. Part of the, um, the blessing of this book was me cultivating contentment while I was living in a living space that wasn't my choice and was quite uncomfortable mm. and just getting to a place of contentment and getting in touch with my gratitude about the opportunity that living where I live right now, which when this airs, I may not be living here anymore because we're, <laughs> we're like literally in the process of making a shift there. But, um, I needed peace. Mm -hmm. I needed to be where I was without despising it. And this book helped me get back in touch with my gratitude. Because while I was living where I was living, and like I said, the assumption is by the time this airs, I'm not living here anymore. But, you know, there was, I wasn't paying a mortgage. I wasn't paying rent. It was a property owned by my family. We were able to do a lot of significant things financially while we were here, move a lot of things forward personally. There was so much to be grateful for. 
And instead of waking up every day despising my home, I wanted to get in touch with my abundance Mm. because that was abundance living somewhere where I didn't have a demand on my finances for mortgage. That was, that was abundant living, right? So that's why that um, attracted me. The authors are Gina LaRoche and Jennifer Cohen. um, And they have a group called the seven stones leadership group. Okay. There is a portion of this book that I want to read. So they go through these seven laws. There's seven different laws. Let me see if I can read through those laws really, really quickly. Law number one, stories matter. Law number two, I am enough. Law number three, I belong. Law number four, no one is exempt. That's a powerful chapter, by the way. No one is exempt. And it just kind of puts everybody on the same playing field. (laughs) Everybody's going to live. Everybody's going to die. Nobody, (laughs) you know, nobody is extra special. Everybody is basically on the same playing field. It's a great, great chapter. Law number five. You're going to love this one. Resting is required. Mm. Law number six. This really spoke to me as I got in touch with my abundance and gratitude practice. Joy is available. Wow. And law number seven, love is the answer. And you guys know that I dig that. Love, love, love is the answer. Okay, so um, in law number four, no one is exempt. There's a portion that I wanted to read that really, really stood out to me. Um, And it's in a section called waiting and not knowing. Waiting Mm -hmm. and not knowing. Letting go of anything causes a disruption. So learning to pause and not know what the next, what is next is a key skill to cultivate on our journey. Tolerating disruption, even welcoming it is a competency we must have to create a life of sustainable abundance. When we let go, and I'm going to put in my own paraphrases, when we let go of things, We enter, or maybe even letting go of expectations, we enter the fertile void, and from this nothingness, possibilities abound. When we find ourselves completing, letting go, or in a place of not knowing, we often have the urge to fill that space quickly and try to make the answers up ourselves, right? We add more of something else anything else to make us feel better about what's actually happening. Hmm. Or we may even return to something familiar the way things were. I'm so guilty of this. Like there's a certain way that I know that I do not work well, but it's the way that I've worked for years. And when I feel financial scarcity, my go-to is I need to go pick that thing back up again. I need to go see if, if so-and-so is hiring. Right. And everybody in my life knows that when I go back to that, I'm so unhappy, (laughs) but that's what we do because we're like, we can't just not know the next thing. We got to be able to put something in its place and, and and say, okay, this is what's going to answer the solution. This is what's going to answer that problem. Okay. So, or we may even return to something familiar the way things were. 
Bridges states, and Bridges is William Bridges. Um, she's referencing him um, in this chapter. He wrote a book called Managing Transitions, Making the Most of Change, but she's referencing what he said in his book here. Bridges states, we don't let go of anything important until we have exhausted all the possible ways that we might keep holding on to it. I'm going to read that again. We don't let go of anything important until we ourselves have exhausted all the possible ways that we might keep holding on to it. Mm. We mostly do this unconsciously. So it's helpful to be aware of this human tendency as we pass through a transition or time of letting something go. Let's ask ourselves, am I trying to fill this void? Bridges calls this void the, void the neutral zone because it is a nowhere between two somewheres. That's just powerful to me. Mm. And he declares it is a very difficult time. You know, a lot of us in our um, Christian faith, we refer to that as the wilderness, right? Yeah. See how long you can let yourself be in nowhere. Hmm. It's a fertile void. I love that word, fertile. Rich with possibility. Waiting is such a challenge in a culture that teaches us to grab every opportunity and seize every moment. It's an act of sufficiency to wait. Let there be nothing for a while. Relax into it and rest. Through that rest comes a profound experience of enough. Hmm. And that was just a little passage of chapter four. So I'm saying go get the book. (laughs) It is amazing. Amazing. Um, And it'll definitely start chipping away at some of these scarcity mindsets that we have. And it, for me, it really helped me get in touch with my gratitude and with realizing how privileged of a life I live and how good of a life I live and being okay with not knowing what's next. Wow. I'm done with that. That is great. That's on my list as well. (laughs) So my last one is, wow, a very impactful book. One that I started listening to actually on the way to meet you in Savannah for our first recording weekend. And I came home and had to buy the text because I needed to see the words and highlight them. But the audiobook was also great. It is uninvited, living loved when you feel less than left out and lonely. And it's by Lisa Turkhurst, who is known to many as the founder of Proverbs 31, which is really probably a foundational ministry for me as an adult. Didn't I buy that? Did I not buy that for you? You bought her. Um, it's not supposed to be that this way. Okay. Never yes, mind. You okay. That go one, for it. It's also wonderful. I, I've read like four of her books. They're all amazing, but this one hit me <laughs> mm. at my core because um, let me say the first Mother's Day that I was married to my husband, he actually bought me a book. I was a new stepmom. He bought me a book by Joyce Meyer that I'm not necessarily, you know, recommending on this list, but it was called Approval Addiction. Mm. <laughs> it is something I have grappled with forever. And 
when you are searching for the approval of others, you are never at peace. Mm. You are never fully being yourself. You are never living in your God-given identity and you never have stability because you're constantly being shaken by rejection or, this is very important, or you're being shaken by your perception of other people's rejection. One of the chapters in this book, and this is so funny, I think it's chapter three, yes, there's a lady at the gym who hates me. That is the title of the chapter, <laughs> you know, and goes on to say that, you know, this, this woman wasn't even thinking about her. She wasn't even seeing her like, but Lisa had this whole script in her mind of what this woman thought of her. And I am, I'm a writer y'all. I am fantastic at making up a script for what other people must be thinking when they don't like my Facebook posts for several weeks or don't invite me to something that they know I would enjoy or don't, God forbid, don't invite my kids to something and then post about it on Facebook. I mean, these are all real life scenarios that I have struggled with in the past years. And so the message of this book was so very freeing because, again, someone could look at the creator of a very successful ministry. Lisa is a mompreneur. She is a speaker, a best-selling author, you know, takes people on educational tours of Israel. And she's, you know, put together and, you know, you get the perception of, well, she's, she's got it going on. She must be writing about things she went through 30 years ago. No. <laughs> our struggles are often our struggles. You know, Paul writes in his apostles about the thorn in his side and how God doesn't remove it. He just helps him to learn to live with it. And I think that's very important because as I grow older, I'm certainly less concerned with most people's <laughs> opinions of mm -hmm. me, but the important people in my life, I still give them the power to shake me. And I have to come back to messages like the one of uninvited to remind myself, no one gives me my identity except God. And I can be stable and steady in that identity. In fact, Steady is my word for 2019. Mm. Steady on, steady vibes. If you follow me anywhere, you see it in my hashtags all the time. I'm not trying to do anything super amazing this year. I'm trying to be steady in the things that I am doing. I recommend this book to every woman, regardless of whether you think you struggle with rejection or identity, because it comes out in all different ways in friendships and marriage in business relationships in parent child relationships. It might be with our, with our own parents or our own kids, but there are many things in here to pull out. There's actually a prayer in here that I have highlighted and I'm not going to read all of it, but I am going to read some of it for you because I think it's beautiful and has such an impact. She says, Lord, I release my grip on all things I was holding onto preventing me from returning your passionate embrace. I want nothing to hold me, but you. So with breathless wonder, I give you all my faith, all my hope and all my love. I lay down my need to understand why things happen the way they do. 
I lay down my fears about others walking away and taking their love with them. I lay down my desire to prove my worth. I lay down my resistance to fully trust your thoughts, your ways, and your plans. I lay down being so self-consumed in an attempt to protect myself. I lay down my anger, unforgiveness, and stubborn ways that beg me to build walls when I sense hints of rejection. I lay all these things down with my broken boards and ask that your holy fire consume them until they become weightless ashes. And as I walk away, my soul feels safe and held, and I'm truly free to finally be me. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. I got to get the book. I think it's on my list, actually. (laughs) I believe it is. I like Lisa. Yeah. I'm going to close with two books that kind of go together. Sometimes I get a little um, funny about recommending these books because I have a lot of faith followers, people that share my faith. And I get scared that they're going to think I'm crossing over to some woo-woo stuff when I talk about these books. But I'm telling you, they have changed my life. And I have personally found God in my faith all through both of them. They're written by a man named Michael Singer, or Mickey is how he's known in a lot of his circles, Mickey Singer. And the, the one that he wrote first was, is called The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. And this is actually his um, New York Times bestseller. Um, he's been interviewed, you know, on Super Soul Sunday and in many other things. He doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. He kind of stays um, to himself. But I'm going to read the back of it. And then I'm going to share the second book because they kind of go together. What would it, well, it starts with this question. Who are you really? What would it be like to be free from limitations and soar beyond your boundaries? What can you do each day to find this kind of inner peace and freedom? The untethered soul offers a simple, profoundly intuitive answer to these questions. Whether this is your first exploration of inner space or you've devoted your life to the inward journey, this book will transform your relationship with yourself and the world around you. It begins by walking you through your relationship with your thoughts and emotions. And this is like the most powerful work of both of these books that I'm about to share is me learning to actually have a relationship with my thoughts and my emotions, helping you uncover the source and fluctuations of your inner energy. It then delves into what you can do to free yourself from the habitual thoughts, emotions, and energy patterns that limit your consciousness. Finally, with perfect clarity, this book, opens the door to a life lived in the freedom of your innermost being. Mm. And so what this, what this, I actually didn't read this one first. I read his second book first, which is called the surrender experiment. I read it first of all, because the title intrigues me because mm-hmm. surrender is my word. Yeah. Um, and this is also a New York times bestseller, but the surrender, the surrender experiment, my journey into life's perfection And this is actually him sharing his story of how the untethered soul was even written. 
Okay. And it just takes you through his, I mean, he's just telling you his life and that's all this, it really is. It's not even really a book that's, you know, teaching, but you're learning just watching his decision-making, um, through, um, you know, his life. It's just in, in, if anything, he's an interesting person. He's the way he lives his life is quite interesting. I actually went a couple months ago to visit hit the property that he lives on. He lives on a, a massive amount of property and he does a lot of um, spiritual work on that property, but he has a um, temple there that he has services a couple of days a week. And me and my girlfriend who love him went to one of his services. It was absolutely beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. He's a beautiful soul. Hey, Deanna, go ahead. Just as a quick sidebar, what you said about it being his story and it, it does, you know, you're not necessarily learning anything from it. I just want to say you don't have to have a great big takeaway from everything you read. Yeah. There's so much value in just hearing and sharing stories with each other. Like I think sometimes, especially working in business and, oh, wait, I got to get something out of this. Right, I don't have right. time to read fiction, but... Yes, yes, it's okay, it's okay because it, we're all having a human experience first, and the more we can learn about other people's experiences, the the wider our perspective is. Yes, the better we can serve where we are. Yes, and I do, and I want to retract that because you are learning a ton just by listening to his story. So I do, I want to validate what you just said and retract what I said because when I in the, I'm in. The, I know you heard what I said in the, in the heart of what I'm saying. It's not Absolutely. like the story brand, right? right. Where right. you're actually like taking notes, applying them. Like, you know, there are no is, worksheets. <laughs> there are no worksheets. He's just sharing his, his life story. It's fascinating. But anyway, the untethered soul is the book that he wrote to share his spiritual journey and what he learned um, living he wrote this while he was living the surrender experiment. So this is what came out of that. But anyway, the thing that my biggest takeaway with this is my journey of learning that my spirit and my soul, well, I should say my spirit, which as a Christian, we already know, you know, we, if, you know, at least I was taught my spirit and my soul have two different functions. Mm-hmm. And he's just basically taking you on a journey of realizing that a whole bunch of things can be happening in your soul. A lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, that's all those things, but your spirit is what can remain the constant. Yes. And showing me how when I'm feeling something, when something has angered me, when I'm grieving or whatever, all those natural human experiences are happening, that my spirit can sit back and literally watch my soul go through this. Mm. Actually recognize I'm hurting right now. I'm angry right now. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to react. You can just sit and lean into an emotion. Yeah. And I'm getting better and better. You know, I I have to start at the smaller feelings and the smaller emotions. You know, I'm still working on on this muscle of realize what's happening, pause, and you you be you'd be surprised how just letting that pass, 
how you don't even feel the urge to respond anymore. Mm-hmm. Good. Just, you know, let's, let's bring it to some basic stuff with your children or your husband. They do something that you can feel that, man, that bothers me, man, that ticks me off. What if you just realize that bothers me and let it pass? Yeah. And there's a whole bunch more deeper work, but I'm, I'm saying the number one thing that I'm picking up out of what he shares is how my spiritual being is my real true self. Mm. And my soul and emotions are, have been given to me as I experience this human experience on earth. And I do not have to be subject to all the emotions and the feelings that I'm going to feel and going to experience, but I can realize that they're there and make decisions on how I want to, to respond. So anyway, the two books, the untethered soul, that's the first one and the surrender experiment. I read surrender experiment first. I kind of recommend reading it first because then when you read the untethered soul, you're going to understand where he was when he wrote it, I, that's just my recommend. I didn't do that on purpose, but the untethered soul was that much more profound for me because I had already read his life. So anyway, we did it. That's it. We did it. I'm excited. <laughs> I've got more reading to do and a bigger pile of recommendations. Yes, always, always. Listen, send your book recommendations to us. If you have something that you want to share, please um, hit us up on our socials or email us. Find us in um, our Facebook group or whatever. Just let us know because everybody loves book recommendations and everybody's always looking for new things to read. So we want to hear if you've read any of the books that we mentioned, let us know your thoughts on those. But we just want to connect with you over all the book things. So just share it with us on the socials. That's it, Kelly. Anything you want to close with? No, I am good. I want to get off here and start reading. All right. <laughs> I'm going to get off and order some groceries and (laughs) we love you guys. Stay refreshed. Bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the refreshed life podcast. If you heard anything that encouraged, inspired, or served you in any way, please take a moment to leave a review and a rating in order to help us share our message with other women, just like you. You can find Kelly and me on our socials at Kel of a story and refreshed moms. If you're looking for simple tips to make working from home with your kids easier to manage, go grab my top 10 productivity hacks for moms at refreshmoms.com forward slash top 10 hacks. Let's connect again soon. All right. Bye for now.